starting a four-week uh, series, a brand-new series uh, on prayer uh, called How We Pray. And really, how do you learn how to pray with power? I want to teach you in the next four weeks. I want God's Word to help. How, how we learn to pray with power, how we learn to pray with passion, how, how we learn to grow our relationship with God in prayer. Because I think that uh, people want to pray. I really, I think, that's, uh, I think that's a normal thing. And here's the way, if you're new to City Hills, let me, let me sort of give you the way that we preach the Bible. We normally take a topic or a book of the Bible or an, uh, you know, an idea, uh, and we use three or four or five weeks to sort of talk about that one thing. And so the next four weeks, we're going to talk about the idea of of prayer and what happens when we pray and how to develop a vibrant prayer life. And in light of that, we are beginning tomorrow morning, 21 days of prayer. And we do this every January and every, yeah, the people are already excited because we do it every January, every August. Matter of fact, before we ever launched this church, which it's almost two years old, we turned two in September and our birthday is coming up. It's going to be an amazing day. But before we ever launched it, August of 2016, two years ago, we took our, our then launch team, which are now members of our dream team, through 21 days of prayer. And uh, it's, it's really an amazing time together. And I'm asking, you, I'm asking you, the whole church, I really want to invite every person here to 21 days of prayer. And here's what we do Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. We are together. And our promise to you is this. We'll have you out, back in your cars, on the road to work or school or wherever you got to go by 6.50 but we'll start right at 6 o'clock in the morning. We'll have coffee for you, a little donuts, everybody. In January, we pray and fast together, so we kind of don't have the donuts. In August, we pray and feast, everybody. You know what I'm saying? So, that's exactly right. I'm better, I'm, I have a better prayer life with donut holes, I'm, I'm telling y'all. And so coffee and donuts, I'll be waiting on you at 6 a.m., but we'll start right at 6 a.m., we'll worship together, and then we'll pray together, and we also have some specific things for you to help you pray. I really want to come alongside you Saturdays. The next three Saturday mornings, we meet at 9 a.m., so a little bit later. Still, 45, 50 minutes, you'll, be, you'll have the rest of the day together. We meet at our ministry center. All this information is online. Just, just go to our webpage. You can see all, all of the information there. But today, when you leave, if you want one of these, we develop a prayer guide for you every 21 days. And these are fantastic prayer journals, and you can write down uh, you know, your prayer requests, what God is answering, what God's talking to you. And there are several prayer guides here to sort of walk you through how to develop a prayer life, how to you know, you know, pray through the, you know, the tabernacle or how, how to pray you know, spiritual warfare prayers. All of that's in this book. And, and we have one you've already, you've already paid for them. The, the people who are faithful in this church, you've already, you've already paid for that, so they're yours. And when you walk out today, just grab one of those. It would be our honor to give you one. Or if you want to come in the morning, we'll have them available at 21 Days of Prayer. But in light of that, I really wanted to sort of preach alongside that and help you develop this prayer life. I think it's one of my callings as your pastor sort of you know, take you on a different hillside as a shepherd and say, let's, let's feed on this hillside for a little bit. I really want to help us. And let God's Word help us develop this better prayer life. How many of you would raise your hand and be honest and say, I believe wholeheartedly in the power of prayer that God answers when we pray. Let me see your hands all over the room. Now put your hands down. How many of you would be bold and honest? Now this is the part. Most people in church don't mind being bold but honest. <laughs> We're like, I don't know about that. I think he's talking to somebody else. But how many of you would say, I believe in the power of prayer, but I, don't, I just don't have, I don't pray as often as I should or I don't have the prayer life that I want. Let me see your hands. And my hand's up on that. And it, here's the reason why. I think there's a lot of people that know that I should pray. I, I, I want to, but often I don't. I don't pray. And, and I think there's a lot of reasons why that happens. The, the first one is 
Honestly, this, I don't want you to lose respect for me as your pastor. I'm just going to be real honest with you. There's some times in prayer, have you ever just gotten bored? You're like, I don't even know what to, I don't even know what to pray right now. Especially, listen to me, you better go to bed early tonight because it's 6 o'clock in the morning. About 6.10, people will be like, God, I just... Like right, right in the middle of praying for, praying for everybody. And you, you, just, you just get... You just get bored. I don't know, like, I don't know what to pray. I don't know, I don't know what to, I'm supposed to say, and, and I'm bored, and I said all this stuff, and I, you know, I prayed for everybody I knew by name, and I, that's why a prayer guide's so helpful. Sometimes you can sort of, you know, once you're, you can sort of work through that prayer guide, but I think we get, I think, I think we get distracted. I don't know if you've ever prayed this way, but I have, man. I've gotten distracted. I've got ADD real, but you know what I'm saying? My ADD has ADD. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it can't keep up with the. Where I've I've been praying, dear God, dear God, right now, I just need a God. I just need a miracle, miracle, miracle whip. God, I need a turkey sandwich. I need miracle whip right now. Turkey sandwich. I'm hungry and I need a turkey sandwich. And there's this shiny thing. God, where's the shiny thing? Is that gold? God, where are you at right now? Where did it? And I lose focus one sentence in to my prayer. Like I just get distracted and and life starts happening and and, and you know your mind starts wondering. Is that anybody else but me? That does that when you pray. Your mind starts going, or you feel guilty. So some people don't pray because they feel like, well, I, you know, I'm I'm kind of on a 38 year you know streak of not praying. <laughs> Why well, start now? You know what I mean? Like, like if I start now, he's going to expect me. Or there's or there's stuff in your life, or there's you know there's there's guilt about your past or mistakes, and you think, well, I can't go to God because I got all this stuff. I got all these problems, and and if I start talking to God, he's going to start talking to me, and I don't know if I want. To open that communication, and, and 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 there's guilt, and then so and so we just avoid it altogether, or maybe you've had an awkward uh, situation in prayer. I grew up in church, and so I, I I have been in a lot of awkward prayer meetings or prayer gatherings. You get you know all, all around in this in this, and you get like you got to hold hands on. You know what I mean? Like everybody hold hands now. I don't mind holding hands. Like I don't mind. Uh, touching. I'm not weird about you know hugging or that kind of thing. But I'm a germaphobe. Where are all my germaphobes at right now? Where you at? I don't know where your hand's been. I don't know. Your hand's not sanctified. Your, your, your spirit's going to heaven, but your hand's dirty. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, but, but you, you know, you hold hands. You got the one guy on one side that's, you know, the harder he prays, the more he squeezes. You know what I'm talking about? Like, God, right now, just in Jesus' name. And just, you know, there's no circulation. Your hand's all purple and whatnot. And, the, and then the other side, it's all dead fish. You know, they're just barely holding. You're like, you got to give me something to hold. You know, there's nothing. You just have this awkward time, like I don't even like I don't even like touching people. I don't like to hold hands, or, or, or you get in this small group and there's this one dude that's super spiritual. He's the great prayer in the group. You know what I'm talking about? Like he, like he's Moses' little brother. You know what I mean? Like super spiritual guy, like knows how to t- just call fire down from heaven. And you're all sitting over there, like you know. And he's dear God in Jesus' name, I thank you. In Deuteronomy 28, you said I'm blessed, coming in, going out, and I'm the head and not the tail. And you're like, bro, I, like I, I don't even like. I'm trying, and it comes around in your turn in the group. You know what I'm talking about? You ever prayed out loud in the prayer group? And, and you got Moses' little brother across the table, and now it's your turn, and you're like, I can do this. You're like, yeah, God, God, you said in your word that you're uh, like you're Jehovah Nisan. God, you're good to the last drop. You're, God, your word, it, it, your word is good. It, it, Melts in my mouth and not in my hands. <laughs> you're trying to be the spirit, like you got. You're in this group and you're trying to be this spiritual. Like I don't, I don't, God, you're Jesus. You're like a, you're like a good neighbor. You're always there. <laughs> like, 
And it just gets awkward. And you think, man, I, if I ever get out of this prayer meeting, I'm never coming back. I don't ever want to pray again. Have you ever, how many of you have ever had frustrations like that or you just lost all respect for me as your pastor? Yeah. Because I've been there. I want to help you the next four weeks to let God's word sort of lead you into a prayer life that's really full of power and passion. And I don't want you to feel frustrated about developing prayer. I want to give you some tools to help you develop that. I, I really do, because I think most people, I, rarely do I meet Christians that don't believe God answers prayer. I just meet Christians that don't know how to pray and, and haven't developed that prayer. Here, here's the two biggest prayer mistakes I think people make. Write these down if you're taking notes, and if you're taking notes, you have an automatic pass to heaven. Uh, uh, the two big That's not true. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> the two big prayer mistakes I think people made is that our prayers are too small. I think... I think sometimes our prayers are too small. We pray small uh, prayers, just get by prayers, this minimal, you know, God just help me today. God, don't let me kill my husband. God, don't let me kill my kids. God, don't, don't you know, d- just let me get by just really small prayers. Or if our prayers aren't too small, the second biggest mistake I think we, we make is our prayers are too general. Our prayers are too small and our prayers are too general. Like, they're just, I, I, I bless me and, you know, bless my kids and bless my marriage and, just just be with me. You ever pray to pray like that? God, just be with me today and just, you know, help me and help me not to cuss a lot. And, you know, what, like, just, just be with me. And, and here's, here's what I think happens. Listen, listen. I think, I think we're undercutting the power of a resurrected Savior to do miracles in your life. I think we're undercutting the power of God in our life by praying small prayers and general prayers. God, you know, you're praying, God, just be with me. And God's going, listen, I... I told you I'd never leave you or forsake you. I want you to ask me for something, not, not listen, not that would challenge me, but that would allow me to show my glory in your life like never before. So that everybody around you would know that only God did that thing. That's what I want you to learn to pray like. Not, not, not simple. I, I, want you to, I, I don't want you to undercut God's power because, listen, write this down. General prayers, general prayers don't move God to specific actions. General prayers don't move God to specific actions. And, and, there, and there are people in the room today that would say, man, I, have, I need God to do something very you know, particular. I need God to move in my marriage in this way. Or I need this deal to close at work. Or I need you know, th- this phone call. I need to make this you know, phone call and, and, and repair this relationship. I need this very specific thing. But we pray very general prayers. God, just be with me. God just bless me. God just listen. I, I want to ask, and I want you to learn to ask God very specific requests. And I want you to have faith that God can do that very thing. Otherwise, otherwise, uh, the, we're just sort of praying these general prayers, and we never see God do big stuff in our life. And you get frustrated. And you end up in this cycle of praying small prayers and never seeing the power of God like you could. Never seen God do something in your life. I, 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 want, I want you to pray over the next 21 days and the next four weeks of this series. Listen, I want you to pray the kind of stuff that when God answer it, there's no way possible that anyone in your life could deny that that was the hand of God in your life. I, I, I want you to pray such big prayers and I want you to tell people the prayers that you're praying such that when God answers them, you're going to be able to look around and go, it's only God that pulled that off. There's no way I'm smart enough. There's no way at this, this door was closed. There's, everything was over. There's, I, the report was this. The, you know, the MRI said that. This is, the, this is what the doctor said. This is, you know, my relationship. is. She's already moved out. It's already, things are already broken. They've already decided. And God comes through for you in, in a miraculous way. I, I want you to pray 
specific prayers. I, I, I want to pray big, faith-filled, specific, passionate prayers. I, I read a story about one of those kind of prayers. Martin Luther was the great reformer of the 1500s who reformed uh, the church. And he had a friend, an assistant that sort of worked with him. His name's Friedrich Myconius. And in 1540, Myconius, the, the assistant of Martin Luther, got uh, very, very sick. He got uh, very ill and he was expected to die uh, very, very shortly. And he wrote one last letter to Martin Luther. True story. Uh, sort of telling him, you know, this is the end of my life and it's over with and, and goodbye and I'm praying, you know, whatever this farewell meant. And Martin Luther responded with this. This is the letter Martin Luther wrote back. This is a quote. He said, I command you. This is Martin Luther's response to a, a man who had literally hours, uh, days to live. I command you in the name of God to live because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear. Listen to this. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to survive me. In other words, you're not only not going to die, I'm believing you're going to outlive me. For this I'm praying because I seek only to glorify the name of God. Now, Myconius is so sick. He literally has lost his ability to speak. He can hear. They read this letter out loud to him that Luther wrote to him. This is my prayer. And, and, and this, is, this, is a, this is a fact. God miraculously heals him. He is recovered. He gets up and lives six more years. And he dies two months after Martin Luther dies. I want you to learn how to pray with this kind of boldness. That I, I, I'm commanding some stuff in my life. I feel what I'm preaching now. I'm trying to behave because so many new people are here. But I, feel, I, I want you to learn how to command some stuff in your life. Because we're praying these very general, God, just be with my kids and your kids have gone crazy. God, just be with my marriage and your marriage is over. God, I, I, God just, just be with me. Help me to make a good decision. And you, you're making a life or death decision. Now I want you to learn how to pray with this kind of boldness that I, I'm, not, I'm not just going I'm going to believe God for the impossible. I'm not just going to ask God for small things. I'm going to ask God for big things. I'm going I'm to tap in to learn how to pray so that the power of God answers in my life and answers the biggest faith-filled prayers I have. Amen, everybody? I, I want to teach you how to do that. And, and I want to do that with uh, uh, in, the, in the New Testament with the writings of the Apostle Paul. So Saul... Of Tarsus persecutes the Christians. He is a Pharisee, he's a Jew who has this miraculous, radical conversion. He 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 hears from literally meets Jesus face to face. Sort of has this radical and uh, uh, you know conversion experience on the road to Damascus, and he writes two thirds of the New Testament. He plants churches. He's an apostle, which just means church planter. He plants churches all over the known world, and he writes letters to them. And, and in those letters you'll find, his name is now changed to Paul, you'll find the Apostle Paul would say things like, I'm praying for you. And then he would give this thing about, what. here's what I'm specifically praying for you, and here's why I'm praying it for you. That, that there's some stuff in your life that I see that I want to help you with or that you have need of, and I'm praying for you, but I'm not praying general prayers. Matter of fact, here's the phrase. I want you to write this down in your notes. I didn't put it on the screen. He would use this phrase, I pray... So that. So, so the, the cadence would be, I pray, you know, fill in the blank. You know, I, I pray that, that, that God would answer this, that this would happen in your life, that God would come through in this way. So that, and then we'd give them the why of, of spiritual maturity, that I want you to get out of this prayer. 
And over the next four weeks, I'm going to give you some I praise so that I want to develop some stuff in your life. I want you to develop some prayers. I want to give you four prayers to start praying that, God, I'm going to ask you for this specific thing so that this can happen in the world. The first one we're going to look at is found in Ephesians, the third chapter. Ephesians, the third chapter. Around, uh, Ephesians is written around 60 A.D. Paul is in a Roman prison. He's in the bottom of a Roman prison. He writes a, church, he writes a letter to the church at Ephesus. That's where the book of Ephesians is at. And he, and he has this... He has this line in that, in, in, in that letter. And here's what Ephesians 3 and 14 just says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father. Just file that away and we'll come back. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth has derived its name. Now listen, you can pray any way that you want to. You can pray standing. You can pray sitting. You can pray driving. If, if, you, if you're going to pray driving, I would... I would ask that you do like Jesus said and watch and pray. Come on, somebody. Like keep one eye open like this right here when you're, when you're praying. Pray with your eyes wide open if you're driving. You can pray anywhere. You can pray any. Matter of fact, to a Jewish man, the most common way to pray for Paul in, in, in Judaism was standing upright with his palms turned outwards. This is how, if you, if you go to the Holy Land today, you'll find Orthodox Hasidic Jews and they pray standing upright, rocking back and forth and, and, and with their palms outstretched to God. But... But Paul makes an interesting line here. He says, when I pray for you, I'm kneeling about this. And here's the reason why. And, and Melissa, last week in our tag team preaching, which, by the way, wasn't that fantastic, everybody? Last week she talked about the, the power of changing your posture in prayer. And here's the reason. I think there's something profound about the posture of surrender. About coming to God and saying, I'm humbling myself. When you kneel before somebody, it's a, it's a sign of honor and reverence. And there's times in my prayer life. And you know, the next 21 days, I'm kind of a pacer. Like when I preach, I do the same thing. So you come to 21 days, you'll see I'll walk everywhere. Just like a cage lion. I'll walk up and down, up and down the stairs. and just every, I, I walk when I pray. But there are times in my prayer when I'll kneel. And those times are times of reverence. When I'm coming to God in repentance. When I'm coming to God to open my heart and search me, I'm, I'm humbling myself. And so Paul kind of says, this is, how, this, is the, this is the posture I'm taking when I'm praying for you. I'm humbling myself to God because that's how big this prayer is for you. And, and, and here, listen to the prayer, verse 16. Here's what he says. I pray, here it is. Here's the cadence that he takes when he, when he starts writing to these churches. I pray that out of his, underline this in your notes, glorious riches... That God, that He may strengthen you with power from His Spirit in your inner being. I pray that from God's glorious riches, that He strengthens you with power through His Holy Spirit in your inner being. So that, here's the cadence, I pray so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He said that the first thing he says is, I pray that out of his glorious riches, listen to close and look me in the eyes. We do not serve a God who is scared of big requests. God has never heard you pray something and go, I don't know if I can handle that. I don't know if I can do that. That seems like a whole lot for me. You've never look at me, you've never shocked God off the throne, ever. Never. You've never, you've never said to God, I, I, I know this is big, but just buckle up, God. i got a big one for you here. God, I, I know you've healed other marriages, but you never met the dummy I married. 
or he's never met you. One of the two. <laughs> God, God, I know. God, I, this is this is hard. But I, listen, maybe you can work this out. God, if you can't do the whole thing, maybe just do a little bit of this. Listen to me. When Paul talked to this church, he said, "I want you. The first thing I got to establish to you is that all of your needs can be met. That God has more than enough for you. God isn't depleted. God isn't lacking. Here's the way I like to say it. Write this down. We have a spiritually rich father." But sometimes we act like spiritually impoverished children. I, I, I would like for God to bless me, but I don't know if He can. I, I would like for things to be better, but I don't, know if, I don't know if I can ask that big. I would like a better job, better marriage, better relationship, my kids' better relationship. I, I'd, like for things, I'd like a better you know, house. I'd like things to turn around. I'd like a better prayer life. I'd like my husband to be the spiritual leader of our home. I'd like our, our, my relationship with our parents healed. I'd like, but I don't know if I can ask for any of that. And we sort of walk around and live our Christianity like spiritually impoverished children. Begging, I don't know if you can do this. I don't know if you have power to do this. Listen to me. We have a spiritually rich father. The Bible calls it his glorious riches. In Ephesians 1, he says, Praise be to God who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. God has everything that you have need of. If you believe that, shout amen. God has everything. There's nothing you can ask God for that he doesn't have. And Paul says, I'm praying, I'm establishing to you when you go to God over these next 21 days, when you, when you go to God and develop this prayer life, you got to know God has that kind of power. And when He has that kind, listen, he, he, out of His glorious riches, He wants to strengthen you with power. He wants to strengthen you with power. Matter of fact, go, to the, go, go back. Media, we don't normally do that. Go back to the verse right before that. I want everybody to see back. Go back there. Now the next one. There it is. That he said, out of, the, out of the glorious riches, I want you to see the power through His Spirit. Listen, not just to get through. I want you to have power. And so many people pray these general get by, just get through kind of prayers. And God says that's not what's available to you. Listen, matter of fact, the Greek word for power there is dunamis. It literally, it's the word we get dynamite from. God said, I've got explosive, miraculous power that's available to you. It's not like human power. It's not like I can do it on my own. It's the power of God. And he said, I want you to be strengthened with that kind of dunamis power. That dynamite power, that supernatural power that God can fill you with. Look at me in the eyes. My prayer for this church is that we would be a church who taps into the power of the living God. That we wouldn't be weak and anemic and just, just barely making it. No, I want this to be a church filled with the power of the living God. I want His Spirit living in you and that power that's available to you for you to tap into that power. Shout amen to that. Power over temptation. Power to stand strong. Power to hold on when things get hard. I desperately need the power of God in my life. I need the power of God in my preaching. I need the power of God in my parenting. Come on, everybody. Where you at on that? I got a three and a half year old who's been potty trained this week. That's, hey, that's 21 days. That's already miracle power. Y'all don't even know. I need the power of God. If you're trying to parent a teenager without the power of God, it's not going to work. I need the power of God in my, in, in, in my marriage. I need the power of God to overcome temptation that continues to take me down year after year that I thought I should be over with by now. You know how to get past it? You need the power of God in your life. 
I need to learn to tap. I need the power of God to stand against spiritual opposition. I need the power of God. I need more than what I can find in the physical realm. I need more than my talent, my intellect, my books, or my counseling. I need the power of God in my life. Say amen to that. Paul said, I'm praying that that power, that, that out of his glorious riches, that that power of God strengthens you. That you're strengthened with that dunamis kind of power. Not weak. That, that there's available power to you. You just got to learn how to tap into it. I remember we had a, we had a house. When it, our first house we owned in Mississippi it was a small little house. A little over a thousand square feet. A couple of bedrooms. And we were just happy as we could be uh, with it. And Brandy made, made that little house our home. And we painted everything. And by we, I mean whoever we uh, uh, paid and and they they painted it <laughs> and because I'm I got two hands but they're not handy you know what I'm saying and 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 I remember there was a there was an outlet on on the left side of the living room had kind of a long living room and there was an outlet on the left side of the wall there and and I, for we lived in that house almost five years and I I had no idea what that what that switch uh, controlled but I knew that on that wall none of the outlets worked. So for five, for almost five years, we could we wouldn't plug anything into the outlets on the wall. We'd run these you know just just ghetto extension cords all around the house to try to get power to that wall because because none of the outlets worked. And you know your boy, not I'm not messing. If I'm not painting, I sure ain't wiring nothing. You know what I mean? We we go to move out of the house. A real estate agent comes to look at the house. She said, "What's this switch?" Does? I said, "I have no idea what this switch does. I do know this: those outlets on the back of the wall don't work like that." She turns the power on. The outlets on the back of the wall come up. Listen to me. There. There's power available to you if you'll learn how to tap into it. There's some stuff in your life you think is broken, and it's just you haven't tapped into what's available. That you just haven't. And, and, and when you get that power, you get power in your inner being. Listen close. This is a word for somebody. God literally dropped this in my spirit late last night. Review. I had already prepared this message for you, and I felt like the Holy Spirit told me that God has something in your inner being that you could be outwardly wasting away, and inside of your life you could still have power. And there are people in this room who feel like you don't know how bad I feel. You don't know how bad my body feels. Or outwardly I'm losing everything. They come took the keys to the car. They've locked up the house. He left. She moved out. I haven't heard from my kids. Outwardly you're falling apart. But inwardly this is where power comes. There's this strength on the inside. Listen, I, the older you get, your hair starts falling out. Come on, everybody. Things that, things that your ears get real big. I have no idea why old folks' ears get so big. Like, it, think, like outwardly, I'm, I'm, you know, things aren't where they used to be. You know what I'm trying to say? Like everything's not where it was before. Outwardly, I'm falling apart. But inwardly, I've got power and strength in your inner being. Paul said, I pray that you have that kind of... What, I, 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 not just that, but listen, here's, here's what he says in verse 17. He says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love. So he, the same verse, this continuation. He says, I want you to have power so that you can know God. When you, when you get rooted and established in love, you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. This is why you need that power. Now listen, i got just a few more minutes. But i got to preach this to you, why you need the power of God in your life. It is not just, it is not just for you to sort of, you know, have this overcoming. It is for that, but it's not just for that. It's not just for you to overcome temptation, just for you to have the power of God working in your life. He said, this is why you need the power of God in your life, so that you can grasp how wide and long and high and deep the love of Christ is. 
One of the best prayers you can pray as a parent for your kids is that they have the spiritual power to know how much God loves them. Let me tell you the problem with with what's happening culturally in our world today is we're all looking for affirmation and value on the outside instead of what God gives us. That, that, the suicide problems that's happening in young people, it's because they're looking for affirmation and value from peers, from Instagram, from the outside, instead of God. Here's the, I want you to have the power of God such in your life that you're able to grasp that God loves you more than you could possibly imagine. That God's got you. That you, that you, you don't have to love, listen, you don't have to know His love naturally. I want you to know it supernaturally. L- Louis Armstrong, the phase... The famed jazz uh, trumpeter. Somebody asked him, "Louis, explain jazz to me. Like, how do you know? How do you know when it's jazz?" And Louis Armstrong made this quote. He said, "Man, if I got to explain it to you, you ain't got it. Like, if I got to explain it to you, you, ain't got it. Listen close. If if I have to explain how how deep and wide and long and high the love of Christ is, you haven't been fully immersed in it. That's why you need the power of God in your life because it helps you grasp that that love has me. It carries me. My prayer for you, my prayer for this 21 days is there are many people in this church who would have more and deeper meaningful spiritual encounters with a holy God and it's not just during worship or during song or when I'm singing or in my car but that I'm in the presence of God and when I get there I experience his love like I never have my value my worth myself it comes from his love because of his power in me his power working in you my my prayer my prayer is that you learn how to do how you get in the presence of God and hear his voice over these next 21 days that, that you can hear from God. That God's Spirit is, is guiding me. That I didn't just make natural decisions. I made godly decisions. That when I read God's Word, the, the, the words jump off the pages at me. That's my prayer for you. That's that supernatural grasping that only comes through the power of God. That, that it's encouraging me. That it's convicting me of my sins. It's leading me to the right places. That I have faith to believe God. To do things that otherwise would be impossible. Charles Finney, the famed... Uh, evangelist of the 1800s said it like this. He said, The Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. Charles Finney said, I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, when he described that power of the Holy Spirit working in his inner being, here's what he said, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. I love that language. For I could not express it any other way, and it seemed like the very breath of God. Love isn't just what God does, it's it's, it's who He is. And listen, when you're depressed or dragging or lacking purpose, I don't want you to just think, if I can just get by. No, no, you have a spiritually rich, heavenly Father that wants to have power in your life, that wants to fill you with power, that wants everything in your life to have power. I don't want you to just pray, God, keep my kids off drugs. It's a good prayer, but listen, look at me in the eyes. I don't want you to just pray, God, don't let my kids have the wrong friends. No, no, I want you to pray, God, raise up my children to be spiritual leaders in their school. God, let them stand for the glory of Jesus. God, let them be bold in their faith. God, let them be leaders in their faith, not followers. God, let the nations bow to hear the gospel preached by my children. I want you to preach specific, bold prayers, not just, God, keep my kids off drugs. God, help me just pay the bills. No, no. 
God, you promised me that I wouldn't beg for bread. God, you said you would bless me when I come in and when I go out and you'll provide all of my needs according to your riches and glory. So I believe that I'm, I'm able that when you bless me, I'll be massively generous. I'll bless others. God, I don't just need you to bless me. I want you to use me to be a blessing. That's the kind of specific prayers. Not general, not small, but pray. God, I don't want you to pray just my marriage survives this week. No. No, no, no. God, touch the heart of my husband. Come on. God, I pray that he'll bow his knees and surrender to Jesus. God, I pray he'll start, he'll stand up a fully devoted follower of Jesus, a man after God's own heart. Our family would be different because he leads us in prayer. He fasts. He leads us to the things of God. He leads us close to Jesus. He hears from God's word. And the generations would be different because my husband belongs to you. That's the kind of prayer. Not just God bless my marriage. No, no, no. I want you to write it down. I want you to make it plain. Paul wraps things up in Ephesians like this. He says, now to him. I love this. He says, he says I want you to be filled with power so you'll know the love of God. And then he kind of ends with this anthem. He says, now to him who is able to do not just what you can barely eke out. No, no, no. He can do immeasurably more. <laughs> you, you think it's too big for him. God said, that's... Oh, I could do more than that. Immeasurably more than we ask or even imagine. How? According to His power. It's working on the inside of me. To Him. I love how Paul ends this. Because when you really develop a prayer life that you're strengthened in prayer, so that, I pray that you be filled with power, so that you can grasp this kind of love. Listen, when you really develop this prayer life, look at me in the eyes. It's not just for you. God would never, ever, ever give you any blessing that's just for you. I'm going to repeat that because some of you didn't write that down. God will never bless you just for you. He blesses you so that you can make a difference in the world. He's, Paul, Paul ended this way. He said, when you get this power on the inside of you, when you, get, when you understand and grasp the love of God, he said, I want there to be glory to God in the church. And in Christ Jesus, the bride of Christ around the world and throughout all generations forever and ever. Listen, that's the kind of prayer I want God to answer for you. Not just get me through Monday. God, I want something that blesses all generations. I want something that forever and ever stands. I don't want this church just to be about what happens in this service. I want what happens here to change the world. I want, I want you to leave here equipped and empowered. It's why we talk about growth tracks. That's why I want you to stay for growth tracks. We're going to help you discover the way God designed you because you were hardwired to make a difference in the world. And when you understand and you awaken that thing and you say, God, I want that power working in me and put it to work to change my church, the big C church, generations to come. When His power is at work at you, you can do immeasurably more. Not shallow, small, general prayers. No, 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 no. You want to change the world, it starts with pay, praying powerful prayers. You want to change your world? Listen. It starts with praying powerful, passionate. I pray that. You're strengthened with the power of God in your inner being so that, so that you can put your faith in Christ and really know he can do anything. Once you bow your heads and close your eyes and nobody moving for about two or three more minutes.
Just stay right where you are, right in the posture that you're in. And if you, if you want to develop that kind of prayer life, if you say, I know that God can, but I've never tapped into that kind of prayer life. I, I don't know that I've ever turned the light switch on to the power that's available to me through the Holy Spirit, but I want it. I want it. I, I, don't, I don't know that I've ever committed 21 days to anything, but I want to. I don't know if I can get up at 6 o'clock. Come on, everybody, but I want to. If, if that's you and you want to be included in this prayer that God would strengthen you in power, I'm going to pray that same prayer that God, that Paul prayed for the, for the church in Ephesus. If that's you and you want to be included, nobody looking around, just boldly raise your hand all over. Say, Pastor, include me in that prayer. There are hands up everywhere. Hands up all over the house. Hands up all over the house. Hands up all over the house. Put your hands down. Why don't you, why don't you open them, maybe palm up like that. Why don't you just open your hands for prayer right now. Receive this. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. That this congregation and every hand that's open to you right now would be strengthened in power. I pray the power of God would literally invade their life, invade their space, every area of their life. That in their inner being they would know that there's something different. I pray that there would be many, many people over the next four weeks that we're preaching and talking about prayer. Over the next 21 days we're gathering together that would have a supernatural encounter with your word. I pray for many to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, saved. Many would say yes to water baptism. Many would many would, would take their next step at growth track or joining a group or just whatever God's Spirit gives them power on the inside. I pray as hands are, as hands are open to God, I pray for supernatural strength. I pray for people in this room who need a miracle who need a mountain to move. I pray that there would be power inside of them. When on the outside I'm falling apart, on the inside I'm strong. I'm filled with His power. I have ability. I'm tapping in and I believe God for the impossible. I pray give them boldness to pray bold prayers. Specific prayers. Not general weak prayers. No. God, I'm going to give you the next three weeks, next 21 days. I'm going to believe you for the impossible in my life. I pray that you're strengthened with power, every hand that's raised, so that you know, so that you know that God can do immeasurably more than you can ask or think. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout a big amen.